Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan from LaughSpin.com and welcome to yet another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. I truly do appreciate you tuning in, whether it's through iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud. And by the way, if it's through SoundCloud, you know you can make comments during the the episode. So so leave comments, leave questions. This week on the Laugh Spin Podcast, I'm very excited to bring you guys my interview with Dane Cook, the one and only Dane Cook. Now, I don't know what you feel about Dane Cook. I've always been a fan. He's a divisive character. He's a divisive figure in the world of stand-up comedy. I have my theories as to why that is. I'm not going to opine now about it because... I want you guys just to, to listen to the interview, but he's got a new special out. It's called Troublemaker. It's on Showtime. It'll be airing throughout the month, and I have no doubt in my mind that it will... Well, we actually talk about it a little bit. It will, it will absolutely be available, I'd assume, other places. So if you don't have Showtime, you will absolutely have a chance to see it. But if you do have Showtime, definitely tune in. I watched it. It's a great special. It made me laugh many a time out loud, which is not, it's not an easy thing to do to make me laugh at this point in my uh, nine years into covering stand-up comedy. I could totally appreciate it, an hour-long stand-up comedy special and not laugh once. I could really enjoy it. I could love it on a, on a cognitive level. I could appreciate it as, as an art form. It could be one of my favorite stand-up comedy specials of the year, and maybe it doesn't even make me laugh too much, but I appreciate the the art, and I, and I appreciate the writing. This special, Dane Cook's Troublemaker, it has a little bit of both. It's very relatable. He talks a lot about relationships and just like everyday shit, just everyday shit. But it's funny. He he puts a he puts a really good spin on it. So, you know, again, I don't know what you feel about Dane, but I, I definitely suggest you check out troublemaker so what did we talk about we talked about a lot we were backstage actually at watch what happens live with andy cohen he was doing that show and he had about you know 45 minutes an hour before he went on and uh he was nice enough to squeeze me in and we had a talk we even took some photos that will also be on laughspin.com taken by my buddy greg palante he's a super photographer took some great photos of dane so we talked about a lot. We talked about uh, we talked about his ups and downs. We talked about the the origin of this new special troublemaker. We talked about the fact that he's on t- uh, he's on he's on Tinder. He's on Tinder. Dane Cook is on Tinder, you guys. We talk about a lot. It's it's a fun interview. It's inspirational at times. It's very serious at times, and it's very very funny at times. So I'm gonna shut my mouth. And uh, here's Dane. I realized something about myself recently. I was dating this girl. Yes. I'm not anymore. But uh, in terms of how things go into the routine, she said to me one day, I'm just, I'm kind of staring at her from across the room and she goes, can I ask you a question, Dane? I go, what? And she goes, are you watching me or are you observing me? <laughs> and I was like, wow. I go, I am observing you. And she's like, yeah, I, I, I could tell. And she knew at that point, it was like, most of this was just for mining for what's going to possibly be. I I think sometimes when I feel like a relationship is at its, uh, you know, at its final, final act, I don't just man up and go, listen, this it's over and we should probably, I kind of let it play out for the material, you know? And and she, she caught onto it. She's the first woman who's ever was like, got it. All right. Well, thanks Dane. (laughs) 
Is that why she asked you if you were watching versus observing because she knew it was on the decline? I think she, yeah, definitely. We both uh, sensed that it was, you know, coming to a, a close. But she, I, I, you know what? I think it was like just ramping up into it. I think she was starting to put two and two together and coming down, seeing me and then being like, wow, a lot of our stuff really is that we're dealing with right now is kind of pertaining to what he's talking about. Because the new the new set that I'm doing away from Troublemaker that right. I've been working on for the, like, the last eight months is all about love. It's about love. It's about just not tech love or anything. It's about like how we're dealing with things, you know, human to human and hopefully some ways that, uh, you know, people can really test their love to see if they're really in love or if it's false love or are you just doing it because you're filling a void or uh, there's a lot of reasons people say they're in love and I'm interested in what some of those things are. There's a lot of reasons people say they're in love. So what percentage would you say the people who say they're in love, what percentage are actually in love? I can only say that judging by the troublemaker show that I worked on for all that time, I had a lot of people coming up to me after shows saying we broke up after we saw your show because I was really, and some of it's not even in the special, but I was really, really like bringing a lot of things to light and yeah. especially some of the I felt like the uh, remember when there was that illusionist a few years ago who like showed all the tricks on Fox yes I felt the like that guy, guy. Yeah. yeah I was getting guys coming up to me after the show <laughs> being like you fucking asshole man that's our shit and I was like you know uh, there was there was one night at the factory and it's pretty much when I knew the special was going to be called troublemaker and that the the central kind of tone of it would be yeah. that that material like guys do this girls do this when it comes to you know the the reaction to you know whatever the, the piece was and i see this couple in the front and i just start going in i'm, I'm kind of like doing a q a with them i'm doing material but i'm really trying to find some stuff out from them and i finally said i'm going to tell you i've been doing this 24 years i've met a lot of people I've hooked up with a lot of women from crowds. I've uh, gotten in a lot of fights with dudes who I knew just didn't, you know, something about me, something, some, some alpha thing coming off me. I go, you guys are not going to last. He's a total asshole. And I go, and I can't tell you everything why I go, but I know you know, because I can see from your reaction. Anyway, about 10 minutes later, I turned, they're gone, two empty seats. And then a comic came in from outside during the show. And in the middle of my, goes, Dane what's up and like everybody turns he goes you know that couple that you're talking to that left goes, yeah and he goes he just punched his girlfriend at the valet because she called him on something you said that he lied about the whole story and basically he was arrested and i was like i'm a troublemaker that's it that's really what this routine is going to be based in is me finding those things and hopefully bringing the light but let me just say, Dylan, Yes, I also had people emailing and coming up to me and saying, proudly, we went to your show, everything on your checklist, we were cool on, and we are better than ever. And so, like, I almost felt like I was either solidifying relationships, right, passing the Dane Cook test, whatever that meant to them, or I was decimating them. Sure. And those relationships probably should have been decimated. Yeah, that's what I would say. Now go on and find the people right. that you're meant to be. Stop lying to yourself and right. the person and go enjoy you know, life a little bit. With and, the, and you say that at the top of your special. I think you're I like, do, yeah. Yeah, you're like, listen, we're going we're gonna to break some of you up. Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Get to it. What is that saying from Shawshank? Get busy living or get busy dying, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, what... That's something I always, I always kind of thought about, you know, especially watching troublemaker you talk about your past relationships you talk about girlfriends you are a known person 
how does that affect dating? Because you can't just like I'm on Tinder. Are you really? Yeah, I am. A I actually of... got Tinder because I want two, two things. If there's one thing you know about me, I'm like I will use tech in any way to promote. Yes. And once I knew Tinder was the thing, I was like, how can I use this to my advantage? <laughs> so I got Tinder and I put my troublemaker ad on it, you know, like uh, the date and time. Right. And I was like, good. Now everybody within the circumference that they're searching is seeing me. And maybe it's a subliminal thing, even if they just pass it like Dane Cook, Dane Cook, what is he on here? Oh, what? Oh, the special. Okay. So I'm like, I'm hitting eyes here. <laughs> And then I break up. I'm not with my girl anymore. So I'm like, I'm going to see what this, the, the power of Tinder really is. Yeah. And then I wanted to really find out how people behaved on it so I could start like putting it in the routine because I'm doing a whole chunk on it uh, now, but I wanted to do it from the inside. I really wanted to be like, I need to use this. And uh, it's incredible, man. We're such a fast food nation of like, we want it now. I want everything. I want my intimacy right now. And I want it to be within two miles right. and I want it between the ages of 18 and 33. <laughs> and to me, that's just, you know, I, I downloaded Tinder. I got in there. I changed the settings from uh, 18 to 19. Uh, I changed the distance f- to uh, like one mile or whatever. The <laughs> and then I just wanted to talk to people who were on it. And I did. I, I'm, I'm like doing Q and A's with uh, various people that are, that are on this thing. And, trying and to they know out. it's you. They don't want it at first. They don't believe it's me at first. Okay. So I have to go through a little rigmarole where I have to prove to them that it's me. And then once uh, that happens, then I, I'm just kind of like chatting with them and trying to figure out like, why are you really on here? You're a beautiful woman. You're Why? What's the whole point of you being here? And it's kind of fascinating. You know, people hide behind these apps and these uh, programs. How, but how do those people not then announce to the world that Dane Cook was chatting them up on Tinder? Oh, I don't care. They can tell anybody. People screen, everything's out there. Anybody who thinks Snapchats are private and texts, like I, texts are, everybody screen captures. So girls have like everything backlogged and say, after Tiger Woods, they all went, oh, <laughs> We can do that. We can record onto another device. It's like Snapchat. Yeah. Open it up. Take a picture with your iPad of the screen. You know, are people that dense? Right. So, no. Everything is... Uh, I have nothing to be ashamed of. I'm a single man, so there's nothing that, uh, you right. know, is so lascivious about that. I just wanted to really find out what it was and how people used it. Right. But you... I mean, you're single, sure, but you still have to be careful what you say because you have to assume that everything you do say... Do I... I don't know. Don't you? No. I mean, if you go in some like anti-Semitic rants, that's you, you can't do that. Is there an app for that? I mean, <laughs> I'm developing one where, I don't know. where that would be protected. No. I, okay. I mean, obviously it's like, yes, you can't go bonkers. You, you can't just start talking about what's in your, you can't, look I don't at, know. Can't look you? at everybody. Look at everybody that goes high level grade A bonkers. Okay, then then go bonkers, then go bonkers. What is your what 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 is your deepest Robert Downey Jr. was sleeping in a neighbor's little kid's bed <laughs> on black tar heroin. And you know what's amazing about not only the fact that he came back, he is a genius and Robert Downey Jr. Sure. is a great actor. Sure. But the fact is this, the reason we love Robert Downey Jr. is because of that because he survived that the reason he's an interesting person and human being in, in character now in films is because of that the reason we love kim kardashian no matter how many people want it is because that's all of us because everybody has got deviant stuff yeah. sometimes people film it you know so we live vicariously through them and we hero worship them simply because we're we're doing that yeah i know that so I... you go bonkers and you almost when you try to assimilate and be like 
I am of the ilk where I am uh, I am uh, hardworking and I'm diligent and no no, 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 no. I'm not saying you have to go that way, but there's a middle ground where you can be flirty and yet socially acceptable. Uh, yes. For instance, you can't you you as Dane Cook cannot get on Tinder. I know you're going to say, can't I? You, and I and I challenge you. Is and this I, my new catchphrase? And I challenge you to do it after this. You as Dane Cook cannot go on Tinder and be like, "Hey, you're really pretty. I'd like to blow my load all over your face." Well, I would not say that, but I could definitely. Well, well that's no, a, that's, that's because I have a certain decorum. That's a, Dylan. That's what I'm saying. I am of a you know. I, I, that's not how I speak to women uh, in the first place. Even if I'm you know. But deep down, isn't. Is, well, isn't, isn't that, isn't that better about, deep down? I guess we're talking about the primal DNA of man and kind of how we, you, sure, if you're with the the right woman, that that stuff comes out. Would I put that uh, at uh, the, you know, the first text or whatever with a girl? Absolutely not. But once I'm in a relationship and I'm hanging with a girl, yeah, I'll say crazy stuff like anybody right. else. The point I think is that you can be, uh, you know, you can't go, uh, you know, on a racist, you know, rant. <laughs> Uh, that's not going to help. But then sometimes stuff like that, it's oddly enough, it doesn't hurt as long as you kind of come out of it with a better sense of self and a better, you know, you know, vantage point of view. We're such a forgiving nation, but we, we want to forgive you, which means we want to destroy you. We want to smash you first. And then the forgiving love is the hot, the next echelon. It's very strange, man. We're, we're a unique melting pot of people. Yeah. For a, a country that is so diverse, we we commonly love when you're when you lose. We love it. We love it, but we celebrate that third act, man. We love it when you come back up. I guess. I feel like I feel like it depends on the person. Right, but as a as a whole when you look at certain careers and yeah. certain, you know, even just outside of acting and you know, the, it, we we like that Right. We seem to like sure. that, uh, you yeah. know, algorithm right. of like, uh, this is all right. He's starting to get popular. And, you know, it's somebody like Ariana Grande. She's relatively new. And now it's kind of like, even in a shorter span, it used to be over that like 20 year period. No, yeah. now it's like year one, two, three. What are you wearing? Who, who do you listen to? We think you're cool. Year four. Why are you doing that? You suck. You're right. ruining music. You're ruining dance. Yep. You're, and then it's like, nope, now she's got a new fashion and a new look and she's right. mature now. And you know what? We were wrong about her. Look, Shia LaBeouf just went on Kimmel the other night. We were ragging on him so bad. He was doing some pretty dastardly stuff. He told a story. It was totally self-effacing. Took the piss out of himself. I'm sitting at home going, this is great. Yeah. I would go see whatever movie this guy's doing now because he went out there and he did what was you know needed, which is fall on the sword, admit all that stuff. Don't even hide it. He talked about each and every... Yeah, I spit at a cop. I spit at a cop. And I, <laughs> right. You know, he basically went down the... Ran the gamut of what he did. And you felt the crowd be like... Yes, Shia. All right. <laughs> You're good now. It didn't hurt that Brad Pitt also called him one of the best actors he's ever seen. Yeah, that, I'm, that certainly did help. But he himself needed to, um, you know, kind of get himself out of, out of celebrity jail by, uh, yeah. you know, opening up about that kind of stuff. I agree. I yeah. agree. And I mean, you yourself, you, you've seen ups and downs. Where are you on, on this on this narrative, on this Hollywood narrative? I can tell you I am the and I think it's indicative in the special that when I did isolated incident was the last thing I did 
it was a tumultuous time. I was coming off a lot, a lot of personal strife, everything, everything, yeah. personal, family, professional. And I went through the spanking machine in a big way. You know, whatever they say about pendulum swinging, it, it swung back the same distance in many ways as, as the, the high water marks and the cool, the cool things that I enjoyed. Um, but having worked through that period of my life, I have such a greater day to day feeling of like, the things that I accomplished. And I used to always be looking at what's next, man. I was like, what's on the chessboard and everything. I was always like, what's the next move where I did that for a long time, Dylan. I, I, you know, I, I really was kind of always like, got it. Yeah. I did this Madison square garden. What's next. Right. And with (laughs) troublemaker and especially in the last like two, you know, close to three years, I feel like when I'm on stage, especially that's that kind of sparkle is back. I feel like I felt when I started again, I feel that same love of the game. I feel like taking that year off that I did and working on my, uh, you know, working on myself, working with my family, getting through the nasty shit, healing stuff, doing Louie, doing therapy, just closure and then grieving and understanding and then really being like enjoying what I did. Yeah. Really, really being like, man, I hosted SNL twice. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of went through the, the list, wrote, wrote down the, you know, the vision board and was like, wow, man, this is, these are some great accomplishments. How can I now use them to benefit not only moving forward, but um, helping, you know, people that are coming up that are friends of mine that maybe I can help them avoid some of the, the peril and yeah, just feeling much more present, happy, relaxed. I think right. even a relaxed element comes out in the special, even though there's still some physical elements. Yeah. It's like I'm in the I'm in the pocket, man. I'm the happiest today that I've ever been in my life and career at the same exact time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting and it's amazing to hear that because I, I think a lot of people just see your life on paper and say, well, he's done a million things. Obviously this dude is, this dude is happy. And I don't think they realize that no matter how many things somebody has accomplished, they still have to battle themselves. And you, I mean, you certainly were in that, in that zone where you were, you were battling yourself. But I also realized with some, some time that everything good in my life came on the heels of something that was really brutal, something really rough. And that even went back to when I started exploring, like being a kid and the, the things that, um, you know, I had a really unhealthy family atmosphere. Some things I thought were healthy until like the last few years. And I'm like, Oh shit, I didn't know that's, that's not how it wasn't normal. Yeah. That's not how parents and kids, you know, it's not a working relationship. There are certain things that I needed to peel back. Um, but that being said, I've always, uh, I, I also have like gotten to know people and I have mentors now. Uh, I'd lost a mentor of mine earlier in my life. And now I have people that are much further along that, you know, will say to me, this is the whole thing, man. The whole thing is like, you know, getting beat up to present what you love. And if you're lucky enough to have some of those, you know, kind of spotlight moments, well, great, you know, hold on to those. Remember those on all the down days where you're like doing the grunt work to try to make something independent or something that's truly 100% your own, like this special. I'm friends with uh, Jerry Lewis. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got to know him a couple of years ago and he's become a mentor and a good, good friend of mine. Really? Uh, yeah, I met him a couple of years ago. His daughter was a huge fan of mine. I went to see Method of the Madness, the premiere. I had no idea that Jerry Lewis knew who I was. He stood up on the stage. <laughs> he said some really nice things about me. She showed him some of my comedy. And then he asked if he could uh, have my phone number. He started calling me. I remember the first call he said, uh, 
everybody I love is dead. <laughs> I'm, I want to pass on some things to you that I think are going to help you and some things that I really still love to share, but my buddies are gone. And he started really helping me to find that feeling of being present. And it also was amazing because the man, I saw him the other night, actually, I've seen his one man show that he's still doing a bunch of times. I saw him when I went back to LA for a few days, he was in LA and he's 89. Yeah. And he's per been performing for 85 years. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 85 <laughs> years of performance. And this is the best part. And this is really what I, I'll remember this forever. Two performances back. This just like, this is like really what it's about. It's about the show that you're doing on the day. And I went and saw him and what he would do is he would do his whole act and he'd show a lot of great classic clips. He'd talk about them, tell some stories. Really, really great. You should see it. If he comes through town, okay. don't miss it. You know, while Jerry's with us, yeah. you gotta see it. <laughs> and so he does a Q and A. It's usually 45 minutes at the end of the show. It's the best part of the show because everybody just gets up in two lines and they say a few you know nice things to Jerry and then they ask him a question. And he's truly answering like a comic that you would want, which is sometimes he's got like, you know, you know, great little whimsical stories. And then sometimes like an 89 year old would, he's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? A lady got up there. She was like, Jerry, I have to say, I loved you in the 1973 movie. You know, the, the the beach, the sullen beach, some name I have. Right, right. And she goes on for a couple minutes. She's like, the movie changed my life. It, you know, I, so much of who I am today is based on your performance. Can you talk about the performance? Can you talk about <laughs> what it was like doing, you know, whatever it was called, you know, Life at the Beach? And he goes, well, that movie sucked <laughs> and I sucked in it. So I don't know what you got or what you saw, but <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> So he's doing the Q&A this night and uh, they give him whatever, the wrap up and he, he walks off and I know it's a little short, the show. 89 years old, he's in the back, I come around the corner to see him and right away, everybody's away from me, he's not letting anybody near him but he sees me, he's like, brings me, like whisking me over, come here, come here. I go over and he grabs me, pulls me in and he goes, they lit me early. I had 10 more fucking minutes and they fucking lit me at 30. <laughs> <laughs> and man, we laughed. And I was like, Jerry Lewis entertained the world, invented technology, wrote, directed, produced everything, nutty professor. And he just wanted his 10 more minutes as a performer. I love it. I love it, man. It was like lightning hit me. It's like, just, just want to enjoy the day that I'm in right there and whatever I'm working on. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a good run. It feels, it, it feels good to be balanced. Yeah. Do you still go to therapy? Is that something? I do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. Even when I felt like I didn't need to go anymore, that's when I started to probably enjoy it because then I was going in not just purging myself of certain things, but then I was starting to like, uh, you know, be inquisitive and just, you know, now we kind of get in there and just talk about behavior and why do I do that? And, you know, what is the reaction to this? And why am I so tenacious? And why, but why do I not complete this and that? And just kind of break things apart. And he's one of those guys that doesn't give you a lot. He just helps me to kind of yeah. uh, realize some things in myself. So it's it's good. I, I recommend it for any for everybody. I have a new bit that I've been doing in this new kind of love chunk where I'm like, I think couples first date you should go to couples therapy on your first date. Yeah. 
I think couples therapy on a first date, just get right in there. What are your, you know, what's your fear of abandonment? Like just <laughs> no wasting any time. Second date, maybe a lie detector test. I don't know. It's just like, once you get to the heart of the truth, everything is so much more enjoyable in everything, everything that you are, everything that you do, every performance. Um, and so I like that, uh, that, that work, the homework. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone should be in therapy. Yeah. I know some people that need some therapy big time. It's like, I'm like, you really almost like you want to do an intervention. Uh, but no, it's a good thing for me, especially with, uh, uh, you know, after you go through trauma and you got to get in, somebody's got to help you to figure out how to, I just kept working. I was like, I'm great. Yeah, I'm performing. I'm doing what they wanted me to do. And not taking that minute to really figure out what that meant of like, oh, I'm not going to see them anymore. And that's, you know, you're talking about, your, uh, about your, my folks. when your parents passed. Yeah, away. yeah. About my folks in particular, yeah. it's just unbelievable, man. One, two punch, nine months. Yeah. Just boom, boom, gone. Yeah. Once I made good with that and I, I understood it, then it freed me up to, you know, really, uh, get back to what I am on stage, you know? Yeah. Which is, you know, really feeling um, like I want to play. You know, I want it to be playtime, escape. Still, yeah. Do you go back and watch isolate, isolated incident at all? Is I have seen some of it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I only watched it because I liked the idea of it was the one shot. Remember, it was like yeah. the one. Uh, so I watched it for that. But I'm, I'm not unless something's on TV and I, I come across it. Then right. I'll watch myself for a minute. Yeah, no. but I don't like go back and watch. No, right. But I have seen part parts of it. It's very monochromatic. <laughs> Everything I, in that special was like... I liked like, it. I, I liked that it was dark. I enjoyed it. It, it was a different Dane Cook. It, sure. it, it absolutely was. I, I liked that it was intimate. I liked that it was dark. I mean, the story you tell about the uh, uh, the email you got was just uh, basically that that revenge email. The anonymous one? Yeah. I'm trying to think if I told the what happened in the actual ending, how he, he died. The person that wrote me that letter. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I don't think that's part of it. <sighs> trying to remember if I put that piece somewhere as a bonus or yeah, basically the guy that had written me that I had like a back and forth with for years. Yeah. I figured out what his Facebook page, I think I searched his email one day. Anyway, I found him. And so I knew his page. I never wrote anything on it, but I knew, I basically knew who the guy was, but yeah. he still kept writing me and it was like this great little back and forth that we would have. At that point, you guys were friendly though. Not even, fr well, friendly in the way that it's like, yeah, I kind of rib him, but he doesn't let up and he just kept on. You know, I still have these emails. It's like, if I ever showed them to you, they're, they're not, uh, how are you, man? Like he really came at me like with, with a vengeance. He was always trying to figure out how to make me realize I'm horrible. Right. And he did a great job. Sometimes he actually had some really valuable points. <laughs> and... <laughs> But he passed away and I, it was all over his Facebook one day and like RIP and everybody was like, we miss you and all this stuff. And, and then I saw his last name and I saw his sister's account. So I wrote his sister and I, I was like, you know, I was like, this is crazy. I'm really sorry to hear about your brother. You know, we've been emailing each other for a, quite a bit. And uh, I was like, I just wanted to send my condolences. I said, you know, this is really crazy to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to miss his, I'm going to miss something about his emails, like spoke right. to me and she wrote back and she said, first of all, that was really wonderful for you to write. And secondly, yeah, he really hated you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so pleased that you allowed him and didn't block him and allowed him to continue to, uh, you know, spew his, uh, 
his uh, personal, you know, crit- you know, critiques towards you. It was really interesting. And now I keep in touch with her from time to time. Now I should write her after Troublemaker and be like, uh, what do you think your brother would say? You'd <laughs> be like, he, he'd think this is you at your all time worst. <laughs> it was interesting, but I did miss him. I do. It's kind of weird. It's a, it's a strange thing. I've kind of, I embraced that hater culture and started to probably even in, you know, exploring myself, you know, cause I can lash out. I'm one of those people too. I get angry and hate stuff for no reason. And then once you realize why you do that, it's, ah, oh, it's kind of interesting that that culture is, I kind of accept them for what they are. It's yeah. weird love. It's weird, weird love, especially when they break. I've had people break and finally write me and admit why they hated me. Really? And, and then be like, I really actually like what you do. I had a, a comedian, I don't want to embarrass her, but I had a comedian relatively well known and she came to me at the club recently and she's like, I just want to apologize. And I was like, why? I never heard you say anything. She goes, no, I've never said anything to you, <laughs> but I said a lot of things about you behind your back. And she's like, I just wanted to come to you and let you know that was me. And, and uh, it's interesting, man. People go through a journey, dude. And if you don't push them on it, then sometimes uh, it's kind of fascinating when you let a person come to their own conclusion without trying to fight them on it. Like I used to do like early in my, yeah. my space days right back. Like, why, why don't you like me? You know, let's try to figure it out together. Uh, but when you let somebody do that, you get some really interesting reactions. God damn. Yeah. It makes you feel um, a lot better to have people discussing you and debating than having everybody shrug and go, yeah, that guy again. That's good. Cool. It's like, yeah. that's terrifying to me. I, I'd rather have, if when, I don't see some, you know, angry, uh, hate mail or some kind of hate stuff going up. That's probably going to make me more nervous than anything, you know? <laughs> so you'd rather be talked about always in, in some capacity. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's love, man. It's a, it's why you love Darth Vader. It's some weird thing where you're like, this is the villain. I know he blows up entire planets of innocent people, <laughs> but you know, I, I relate to the guy. I'd fucking blow a ball Duran on a Monday. Are you shitting me? Fuck those people. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm always amazed at how uh, that you interact with. I mean, you still like from the MySpace days, sure. like you are still, you are still interacting with. Yeah. With the folks. I like it. I still like to get right up in people's faces and hear them. You know, I've never heard a negative thing ever to me outside of maybe like a heckler thing or, you know, something in the room. I've never in my entire life had somebody come up and say to me, the, the only thing a guy said to me the other day that was kind of, kind of funny and interesting. He said, Oh man, I'm going to butcher it. But he was like, I loved you. And then I hated you. And then I kind of liked you. And then I wasn't sure, but now I'm really into you. It was like, he had this, you know, it was almost like, (laughs) it's like, it's like judging every, how you feel against every Aerosmith album is kind of what he did to me, which I can do. I can be like, yeah, no, what you stink. Good songs. A little shaky. All right. They're back. Permanent vacation. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I really like it and it's why I never fought against it and called morning DJs and like, I just like it. I like that people uh, want to debate comedy. It's jokes. It's yeah. interesting. Because I mean, there was a few years where people who, who didn't even know what comedy was like just knew that they had to like throw shit at yes, Dane Cook. Of course. And it's like, do you realize that shitting on Dane Cook is now is so uncool that it very it frustrated me a lot and i'm yeah. not and i'm not even dane cook <laughs> <laughs> if if some of these people like had some you know some sort of valid arguments like you know they would pick like well he's physical on stage well that doesn't necessarily mean he's awful right because he doesn't 
stand yeah, in it's one like you place. just don't like guys that move yeah <laughs> it's like you like comedy where a guy sits at the piano or whatever right i get it i, it, I get it you know and it was just i mean people do it all the time with comedians or, or any type of entertainment where they just look at something on a superficial level and they're like well I know what that's all about. If you look at you, I mean, you know, you're a, a good looking guy and uh, people are, I think, sometimes threatened by that. And they're like, well, he's a bro. He's a bro. But yeah, but like, have you? No, you're not. I don't know, man. I think that it's just <laughs> it's it's so hard to really look at and understand like what people it's not just, worth it. Yeah, no, it's like it's. I, the more I've tried to really understand what it is about those people, the less it's kind of even more confusing. But I do understand why people approach something sometimes and feel like they need to tear something down. And I, part of it is honestly because when you see somebody thriving and doing what they love and really doing it on their own, there's something that makes people, I feel, look at themselves and be like, I'm lacking. And that makes people angry. Yeah, It's just a weird thing where it's, and I've done it. I've been in that position where it's like, oh man why am i languishing and this guy is and i'm like even this guy it's like no he earned his spot so but that's work to to be able to commend people and to be able to appreciate people is like that's also work to be able to look at you know even if you're not a fan of it to go oh i understand you know i've done a little research i I know your backstory i know what made you want to you know be what you are so I, i guess i just have more value and respect at at a wider variety of people just given, you know, finding out a little bit about what, why they function or what they're trying to keep together inside themselves, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, even with troublemaker, it's like, I don't really care one way or the other. If people are, think it's the greatest thing or the worst thing. I just care if people respond to the fact that I'm, I'm feeling it, that I'm, I'm, I'm present. I'm in that moment and I'm, I'm at the best. I'm at the top of my game for myself in yeah. my life and career. And I think it's reflected so have an opinion that's cool yeah so it's uh, by the time people listen to this it's on showtime will it have life after showtime because i mean nowadays everything is just i've got like a three-point plan with it and i can't you know talk about that because of showtime but yeah no it it was an exciting you know especially self-financing it and um i'm really interested in 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 kind of mastering this independent platform because you know i'd like to be able to help other artists that's really the next i'd like to direct my next special i'm going to direct that and self-finance it as well showtime was good enough to come by it and also say we're going to air it the way you want it which was all i was looking for in a partner but i would like to direct my next one and then i would like to direct maybe another comedian Mm -hmm. uh with the goal being i want to direct a comic that you know may need that kind of help in like helping to um keep his his authenticity or her authenticity so what's something to help you create the exact look vision vibe that you want so it's not cookie cutter from another network that's like we do five shows in this one theater tonight with a purple light and a pink light and a green light fuck that (laughs) i want you to be able to you know how you dress how you act the things that you think are taboo that somebody else might oh we that's not gonna maybe even the fact that there's a discussion about maybe that's not cool that's that shouldn't be in a performer's head of like let us mull no no mulling no thinking it over whatever it is that you know feels like that's your exact essence on stage as a performer i think i would like to help a a performer to prepare themselves to direct their next special so that that would be uh you know kind of a personal you know goal in the near future nice you've you've been doing this uh uh 24 years 24 25 years right 
What has been the main difference between the world of live comedy then and now? What is the biggest changes? I see a lot. Well, the thing that I like is I see a lot more guys that, you know, because obviously we're way far away from that overnight success thing of like a Tonight Show the way it used to be. Gone. Yeah. Gone. So I appreciate because it's, you know, finding a finding a grassroots following and really building a fan base the way I did. I like seeing guys that are out there and you know, podcasting and creating opportunity for themselves. I was like that. I, I, I think it's a necessity and I appreciate people that are business minded from the beginning of their career that want to understand how things work behind the scenes so that they don't get screwed right. and also so that they are more dynamic. And they, you know, I talked to Gerard Carmichael the other day and we had a great talk upstairs and he's obviously a very, very talented individual. Yeah. And I said, uh, listen, I think it's great that Spike Lee directed this, but... <sighs> There's, you know, another argument where it's like, well, that's attention for Spike Lee and Spike Lee doing a Spike Lee, you know, joint or whatever. And, you know, maybe I said, you know, for the next one, you direct it, direct yourself, start directing yourself. Even if you're directing yourself young and you make some rookie mistakes, well, look at some of the old specials that we grew up watching and loving there. Some of them are pieces of shit now. (laughs) I go, but the stuff that's in there makes them... Priors in the sweatiest shirt ever. Nobody would ever let that happen. Now You'd, that that special would never go. He's just sweating profusely. Somebody would stop the show. He'd be like, "We got to get a new shirt. We got to." He's fucking drenched. And I want to be able to, you know, somebody like Gerard, just like, dude, do do you, you know, and have, uh, you know, I don't know if those were how much collaboration. It might have been a hundred percent collaboration, and I hope it was. But I would be interested to see more younger comedians have the opportunity sooner to show their true selves and how they want to be shot and how they want to be lit and how they if they want a camera moving crowd shots i hate crowd shots i don't want I, there's not one yeah close up i don't i don't need it i don't like it maybe they don't so i'd like to see more young artists like that have uh maybe a place and if it's me with micro budgets and being able to help green light maybe i can help some young acts get to who they are sooner and they can have long sustain longer careers with their true voice yeah That'd be interesting. That would be nice. Can I take some people under your wing? Sure. Yeah. Mold them? I would not mold them. Adopt them legally? I would. (laughs) No, I would just. Become uh, their father? I would. uh, Yes. I would be like a surrogate (laughs) comedian dad. No, truly not even molding them. Like just protecting them. Right. Protecting them. Keeping the wolves and the, you know, the suits that, yeah, you're great. I hear these young guys and I hear it. And it's just, it makes me sick when you hear the, you know, just telling you what you want to hear. You got to know, you got to do this next. You got to do this. It's like, you, you shouldn't do that thing that they're saying next. Especially now when so many people are doing things on their own, are podcasting Mm. and, and getting like, you know, tens of thousands of listeners every week. And sure. And the going on the road and, and those people are there. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that's the, again, the Jerry Lewis thing. It's like that, that's the, I wanted the 10 more minutes. You're doing it sooner, earlier. It may not be the most uh, monetarily at the time. Right. It might even it itself out or maybe even be a little less than if you're investing in, you know, equipment. But in the long run, your, your voice is just going to get, you know, stronger sooner. And I think that leads to, you know, more staying power ultimately with your fans. You're going to grow up with that generation of fans sooner. Once they, like you young, as long as you maintain that people want to, it's nostalgia now you've grown up with them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. they'll, they'll help you. They'll be there for you. That incubation period of finding your real voice. I, I think it's like 
people are so quick to be like, what's next? No, who's this next young, you know, Turk who's out there doing it? Right. So <laughs> I think that when you have your shot, it should be um, not a first special that might be a half hour with some weird music you didn't pick and all that shit. Like, no, no, you can't wear shorts. You got to wear in that one night. You're like, oh, I wish I'd worn the shorts and I wish I had. I just want to see more opportunity like that for young artists. That was, I think that was the perfect rendition of the old school Comedy Central Presents music. (laughs) I'd fly, I could picture you in a black tank top. A lot of black, a lot of black leather, (laughs) a lot of like nine quarter uh, leather jackets. I look like Sam Jackson and like as Nick Fury and a couple of those specials. I was talking to somebody the other day, like Sklar Brothers saying like, you know how I remember what specials I did when by what the background was like, well, oh yeah, that thing that I did with the arcade behind me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Remember that we were on the, the, the bow of a ship for that. It was called like the cruise comedy show or, you know, full frontal and it was tits behind us. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Dane, any regrets? Any regrets? No regrets. Man. No regrets, personal nope. or career-wise? Nothing that I would look at, and even in the moment when I would have probably thought, man, I would, I would do whatever I could in the moment now to change this thing that's happening, I can't say that now. Everything kind of happened the way I feel like it should, ha- should have happened. Yeah, I'm, I just know because I'm enthused about this and, and psyched to you know, do the next whatever it may be. So no, no, I don't, yeah, no regrets. It's a heavy word. It is. It is. No. If anything, there's more, um, for the first time in the last couple of years, more genuine appreciation for the things that I have done, whereas I didn't let that stuff seep in for a long time. So I'm, I'm kind of in like, I'm kind of enjoying all of it at once, this like personal renaissance in me to be like, man, I, I really did, you know, some, some really great things that, uh, and that's just in the beginning. That's the stuff that I just did. You know, before I think I got smart. Now I'm smart <laughs> and I'm road tested and I have great, uh, you know, great, really great team. That's my team now, you know, around me, passionate people. So uh, honestly, I don't think anybody's more excited for what I'm going to do next than me. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to be, Dane. Very inspirational, Dane. Appreciate it. I'm going to take this with me and better myself. I don't know if that's going to necessarily happen. You know, it's <laughs> my own hypotheses for uh for me but it's uh you know at coming up on 25 years man it's like I, i've definitely you know er, i've learned a lot and uh i, I just hope that i can uh, like i said impart some of that on on comics that you know i admire now that i think are coming up and doing a great job so it'd be nice to see some of these guys be able to do a few of the things that i've done or maybe even more yeah well thanks dan i really i really do appreciate you talking cool thank you dylan and there you have it, guys. Dane Cook on the Laugh Spin Podcast. Thanks again to Dane for taking the time to chat. Thanks to Greg Palante for taking some awesome photos that hopefully you guys will check out on LaughSpin.com. And thanks, most importantly, to you guys for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to the Laugh Spin Podcast, please do that. Go on iTunes, leave a review. Reviews are good because it shows iTunes that people are actually listening and people actually give a shit about the Laugh Spin Podcast. What else can I tell you? Check out Dane Cook's new special, Troublemaker. I don't know. Hug a stranger or something. We'll see you next time on the Last One Podcast. See you.